Thank you all for tuning in to Up Close with Monique McNeil. I'm your host, Monique McNeil. And today we are going to dive right into uh, the decisions of uh, Joe Biden's administration um, to end the war over in Afghanistan. Um, I do have to remind you guys that I, I really felt that this was an important show to have. We are on the heels of September 11th. And I just couldn't think of a better timing um, to have, you know, this discussion today. And today we have on the air with us, we have Errol Ford. Uh, He's a social activist and a host of Living in the 21st Century. Uh, So thank you so much, Errol, for being on the line with us today. Thank you for having me, Monique. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. Um, So much is going on. Um, The past two weeks have been kind of a showdown um, leading up to um, August 31st, which, as we know, was the deadline um, for all Americans to be out of, of Afghanistan. And what I mean, we're going to touch upon a lot of things today, but it, it really goes back, you know, to all listeners out there who are tuned in. You know, you're talking about a war that and, I, and I'm going to play some sound bites from that time from back in 2001, September 11th, yeah. 2001, which was. Um, their first initiation by uh, then President Bush and his administration to go forward with the war um, in Afghanistan. Um, but to remind a lot of people, this really stretches back 20 years. I mean, my daughter, for example, she's only 13. She doesn't know any other time but this war going on. And, you know, it's quite interesting when you speak to younger people how this war has really been going on for the whole trajectory of their lives. And, you know, not to put my age out there, but this has been going on for more than half of my life. Um, so there, there's a lot of people who feel, you know, there's a lot of critics who criticize the way he abruptly entered the war. You know, was it the right timing? Was it, you know, the wrong way to go about it? If, if, you know, there's other critics or other uh, people who um, believe that this was the time, that 20 years uh, of, of America in a world that is not ours, um, that it was time to, to actually end that war, that, it, that the time has actually come to place, and actually that they were fulfilling an agreement that was signed into play um, by the previous administration, um, Trump. This is, this is an agreement that he had made with the Taliban. What, what are your thoughts on that, Errol? Well, you know, um, here's the thing. And I want to quote, take a quote from Rand Paul Jr., senior. Rand Paul once said that America should stop policing the world. Right. And the result of Afghanistan, Afghanistan war, Afghanistan war, sorry, and this World Trade bombing then, uh, with the airplanes going into the Twin Towers. Right. right. It's a result that America were engaged in activities in Afghanistan, Bin Laden, his crew, then like that. They refer to America as infidels, and they want to take the war to the infidels' heart, and so forth. Now, I want to get it right from the get-go, because the reality is, Policing the world, America policing the world mm-hmm. is putting a war, putting America at risk in many ways. Not right. only in terms of financially speaking, right. but 
men and women losing their daughters and sons and losing their brothers and their loved ones to ideological and political wars that was going on for ancient years, that there is no logical treaty or rule and regulation that any government can put in place to stop wars up in the Mideast. This are uh, embodied with spiritual, ancient perceptions and concepts, and there's nothing to eradicate that. But answering, to get to answer your question, um, Biden is put in between a rock and a hard place. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, they had, George Bush had the, the legitimate right to go after Iran at that time, um, Afghanistan, after Bin Laden would have boasts on bombing the World Trade buildings and, and killing so much innocent people. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, George Bush said, well, we're going after you. And in the result of that, he also went after um, Iraq, fought two wars at the same time. Now, was it really a good thing to do? I mean, there wasn't a weapons of mass destruction that requested right. that he should have gone after that war. Right. Uh, even Iraq. though it wasn't the right thing to do, in some sense, it was the right thing to do because he, George Bush once said, listen, you're either with us, he told the world this, you're either with us or you're against us. Mm-hmm. And he sent a clear message that if you mess with America, we are coming at you. Even if it means fighting two wars at the same very time. Now, even though um, Iraq wasn't having no weapons of mass destruction, we must understand the leadership there was ugly. It was really bad. Right. But right. coming back to the point you have just made of withdrawing too early, it's hard to say yes and hard to say no because 20 years is a long time. Americans have to place their lives. That's right. Um, That's right. And I and I and, and I really want to briefly. Sorry to interrupt you. I I would mm-hmm. really like to briefly, um, you know, really give my acknowledgement and my thanks to the service women and men, um, yes. throughout this country and around the world, uh, for their bravery and for mm-hmm. their sacrifice and for of all of those who lost their lives, um, for the person of justice and freedom and protecting the interest of the world and, and us at home here in America. Um, so I, I definitely want to do it and say absolutely right <laughs> what you're saying and, and to sure. give those things sure. to, to our servicemen and, and, and right. their sacrifice. But 20 years is a long time. It's, you're absolutely it's right. Time. It's a long time. It's more than and, half of my life. Sure. And there's no right. one best way to withdraw the troops from Afghanistan. Right. If you remove them one time, you're going to get problems. If you remove them slowly, you're still going to get problems. The presence of America in Afghanistan um, after the war, or still during the period of the war, was to let the consciousness of democracy, so to speak, exist. That everyone can live peacefully. Exactly. Exactly. But and and, let, and mm-hmm. let's take a quick uh, listen to a soundbite. Um, mm-hmm. This is a soundbite of uh, George Bush um, mm-hmm. back in 2001 when the after September 11th had happened. So let's just take a brief listen. For some people, they've never even heard of this soundbite before um, or they've forgotten. But let, let's take a, 20 years back um, and listen to what the previous uh, president at that time, George Bush, had to say. Right. 
people, it is threatening people everywhere by sponsoring and sheltering and supplying terrorists, by aiding and abetting murder. The Taliban regime is committing murder. And tonight, the United States of America makes the following demands on the Taliban. Deliver to United States authorities all the leaders of al-Qaeda who hide in your land. Release all foreign nationals, including American citizens you have unjustly imprisoned. Protect foreign journalists, diplomats, and aid workers in your country. Close immediately and permanently every terrorist training camp in Afghanistan and hand over every terrorist and every person in their support structure to appropriate authorities. Give the United States full access to terrorist training camps so we can make sure they are no longer operating. These demands are not open to negotiation or discussion. Taliban must act and act immediately. They will hand over the terrorists or they will share in their fate. They will hand over the terrorists or they will act in their fate. So those were the powerful words of, of Bush from that time. Um, basically, that was the beginning of, of the uh, war. You, you know what? This is the constant reminder that we always have to tell ourselves again. And this is what would keep me or would want me to have the presence of American military or protection. Terrorism doesn't get eradicated after you take up one group. This is a, a genetic disease that filtrates mm -hmm. and transcends from one generation to the next because right. of this subtle and ideological beliefs, and this is going on for Asia or years. Not only in Pakistan, not only in Afghanistan, but this is going on even in Israel and, and the Palestinian government. This, the Middle East, is a very complicated region mm -hmm. um, for America to get themselves involved with. And, and trust me, when Joe Biden finally withdraw all his troops from Afghanistan, a next breed of terrorists will rise up again, and they're going to come after America. This is how it's going to go. And if America is going to best uh, prepare and shield themselves from these kind of activities, this may take for a very, very long-term investment of having troops there in the country, in, in Afghanistan. Now, should we have the presence of American young men and women out there when they could be home if their families living a decent family life, but out there on a battlefield in someone else's country, who can care less about Americans, who can care less about themselves, right. they're going to destroy Americans at any cost, at any time, and any way they can make that opportunity possible. That's right. So I think Joe Biden should go back to the drawing board and ask himself a simple question. When we withdraw our troops from Afghanistan, is America 
a safer place today as it was on the day of September 11th? That's a question he right. has to ask himself. Right. Because the, the evolution of terrorism, this be going on, this was going on in Libya and Afghanistan. And right. It goes on and on and on. It's their, it's their lifestyle. It's, it's genetically right. ingrained. And, the, and, and it's the, like training camps. It's, it's like you said, it's embedded in, embedded in a very fiber of these terrorists. This is something that, you know, they train and they, you know, brainwash and they, yeah. you know, propagand and they, you know, it, they breed it. So it, it's like you said, it, is it something it, it's and it doesn't just isolate itself to Afghanistan. You're talking about terrorism as a whole. Okay, you're you're definitely not just talking about Afghanistan. You're not, you're talking about something that takes place around the world. Exactly. What well, one thing I want to say this, and I must give Bush, uh, not Bush, um, Trump, a little bit of credit. Uh, you got to give credit where credit is due. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm sorry, got to go to prison. That's right. But I do think when America go after these terrorist countries that harbor terrorists, and they bombard the infrastructure. That America should be putting back money to rebuild what they destroyed. They should not be doing that. If you got time to stand and plan to execute Americans, you should got time to plan to develop an economic plan to rebuild your own country right. for the crimes that you commit. That's my philosophy. America has to take a whole new concept in how they view the world. Right. We are living in the 21st century. And this whole policing concept, and I don't have a problem having peacekeeping forces around the world, but you can't have the world depend solely on it. And United States of America funding that project, right. it just doesn't make sense. You, right. you're, you're like, I mean, think about it. You and I, our taxpayers' money are going to other countries right. to keep them upright, and they're getting along with the economies. And we are here going on neglected, right. you know, and this, this, this just can't work anymore. This well, kind of thing can't work anymore. Is it, and, and I think it, it, it leaves people who, you know, um, you know, people who really study international politics, it, it really makes you think of, you know, was this sacrifice? I mean, we, we, 20 years, I mean, I was 16 years old, 16 years old when this war first was waged back in 2001. Mm-hmm. And I was a child. And, yeah. you know, to think about what has really have changed or, you know, a country we will spend how many hundreds and thousands of lives were lost over there and sacrificed. And not, not just the sac- sacrifice and casualty, but the sacrifice of life. Because you don't yeah. come back um, as if when you first went. No. I have a lot of dear friends who they suffer from a lot of, there's a lot of residual um, aftermath effects that people are endure when they come back home. And so when you look at all that was given in this war for, for 20 years and the mm-hmm. fact that it literally fell and crumbled um, mm-hmm. against the very first, the, the very people that Bush was talking about, he talked about, you heard him talk about the Taliban. Mm-hmm. You heard him talk about all these things. And mm-hmm. to see now, 20 years later, when we thought we were militarizing and strengthening, building the Afghan people to mm-hmm. fight and defend their own country. 
and we pull out and it crumbles. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, did America allow or enable? Mm -hmm. Is America enabling to, you know, I, I'm just thinking from all different perspectives. Yeah, one of the things, one one of the things here again is that what we don't understand that Afghanistan, Afghanistan is like a nation of tribal um, chiefs to some extent, and they all have their own religious and philosophical views of who they think should run Afghanistan, who should be in control. So when as I said, when the presence of America is not there, you can get rebellion coming up from all this, these different groups just rise up one time and everybody wants to think they should be the one in charge, they should be the one who to run their nation based on their concepts and precepts. And this is something, as I said, so trip from one generation to the next. And this is what America has to understand. You can't develop a treaty good enough. You can't develop no plan good enough. These wars were going on long, long before America was in existence. Facts. This, these, these are religious wars. Mm-hmm. And, and with religious wars, mm-hmm. it's not a war like Vietnam or North Korea, South Korea or anything. Right. It's, it's, it's a Korean war. Deeply it's nothing rooted. like that. Yep. It's religious wars, and religious wars will never die. This is something that transcends from one generation to the next. And we can always got the problem with terrorism. And that's because, again, the Muslims can't see eye to eye with Christians. They're never going to conform to the, the, the same ideological philosophy. They're going to always agree versus them. That is going to be another big problem. And with that said, we know that if we're going to rise up and be strong as a nation, we've got to focus our energies on protecting home base and home base That's as right. in home base. Um try to steal of well I can't say try to steal from Afghanistan because you had all rights to go after Afghanistan at the time when that war was launched. Um when bin Laden was running things. You had to. But twenty years after is a long time and as I said, there's no one best way to withdraw. Um, fast is a problem, slow is going to be a problem, and there will always be a problem. Should we keep endangering the lives of the American people up there? No, I don't think that. Right. But to develop a strategic plan that the terrorism don't infiltrate and get into the United States of America again and do the things that they did on 9-11. That's, that's what I think they should be looking at on a strong way. But Afghanistan has to work their problems out among That's right. That's right. And, um, That's just right. Like the other countries, they've got to work it out. And I agree with what Biden said. I mean, Biden did say that, you know, I don't think that it's destitute to have our men there risking their lives and making the ultimate sacrifice for a country that is not willing to stand up and fight alongside with us. And I don't think that that's fair to ask of the American people. And I and I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. You're talking to somebody who, like I said, I was 16 years old mm-hmm. <laughs> when this first happened. To so to think about, my gosh, this is a long time, um, the, the the longest war ever in American history, um, to still be going on. And you know, what are we like? You said, what are we resolving to? What is this coming to? 
What is the end result of this? And does the end justify the means? When we do uh, a cost-benefit assessment and we look at things in, in, in a totality lens, right? For so, so and, to speak. Go ahead. And, and Biden would have said one, two, three. They are not going to stand with the American people to fight. Listen, listen this, this is the reality. It doesn't matter how much Afghani soldiers America train and recruit and train them well as the police or do whatever they need to do. Afghanis going always see America as a threat, period, period. It doesn't matter who you train. You're going to train them, yeah. They're going to take your training. They're going to take equipment because years to come, that's the same equipment they're going to use. That's right. So, so they're, going to, they're going to go over it. There's nothing wrong in getting good training and getting good equipment. They're going to get it. But at the end of the day, their philosophical philosophical views will never be able to sink with the Western Hemisphere. It's not going to happen. And I, I think the best way to do is just withdraw. Withdraw. The people, the American people is tired of this thing. 20 years, you get Bin Laden already. Yeah. Yep. And we also get um, Saddam Hussein. That's right. Um, we, we didn't see he had to fight that war, but he, he was a very dangerous Mad his people with gas and his people and all these kind of things. This, that was dangerous. So yeah, I mean the world is a better place before then, but it doesn't exempt the fact that you're gonna get another generation raising up with the same mentality. That how it goes, and that will go through the end of the time. It ain't gonna change. That's right. That's right. And you, and and you you were right when you said that Biden was kind of in a rock and a hard place because, you know, when you, I've looked at so many different polls and I, and I really looked at the research um, of how many, you know, how many civilians and how many servicemen were in support of ending this war. I mean, this is something that each president who has been in office has struggled with, has dealt with, and has basically passed on the baton. You're talking years and years and years of passing on the baton and yeah. continue on, continuing on with this mm-hmm. stagnant thing in the room. You know what I mean? Like the, this, this right. stagnant situation um, where everyone's in favor of ending it. And so, yeah. you know, the Trump administration, they make a deal with the Taliban, which is, is a, a behind a, a backdoor type of deal. Not many people, mm-hmm. not many Americans are even aware that this deal was made by the previous administration, the Trump administration, um, to be out. And I think, I think in, in, in Biden had to make a decision. Do we stand beside what we promised? Okay. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Biden's promise, but what was promised on, on behalf of America? Do I uphold what was promised? Or do we wage another situation going in um, because we're not keeping our word? And what does our word mean well, to the I world? Mean, and I think Biden had to make that choice. He had to say, okay, <laughs> this was put on the table. This was left. These are the crumbs that were left on the table for me. And I got to do what I got to do um, to to uphold the word of, of America, to protect our, our people, the American soldiers and, and our allies around the world, um, to do what's in the, within the best interest of America. And, you know, could it be have done been better and a better have happened or end resulted in a better way? I'm a person I really believe when it comes to policy, when it comes to government, when it comes to um, the swift, swift reaction of something, 
we really like to deal with preparedness. I, I really believe that preparedness, being prepared, having a strategic um, plan or outline can only help, not hurt. Um, do I feel that that's what was happened with, with this situation? I'm not sure that I feel that there was a, a strategic plan of preparedness put together. I, I think one of the other things we have to look at carefully is you. As the American people as a whole, we recognize there were so many thousands and thousands of Americans living in Afghanistan. That's right. Now, we are not telling people where they should go, but I believe that every American man and woman who seeks to go into these countries to live should have a solid knowledge of preparation right. that anything can happen at any moment. That's right. And if you have an escape strategy in place, should when it arrives, how they would get out of critical situations like that. Oh, I'm sure they were contacted by the embassy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I believe, and I would have to do more crucial research on that, but I believe months leading up to this date that they were well aware of the deal that was made um, because they were supposed to be out in May was supposed mm-hmm. to be the deadline. But Biden had pushed that back, okay? And so you're right. When, you, when, you're, going, when you're living in these countries, you're... you're <laughs> I'm assuming you're pretty well aware of the dangers um, that lurk or, mm-hmm. you know, in preparing yourself as being an ally or a, an American in this foreign soil and the, and the dangers that are there. Um, and I'm sure the embassy was letting them know, like, listen, the, the, the prior administration made this deal to be out by this day. There had to have been those type of talks or conversations mm-hmm. happening. J- just to back up what you're saying. Go ahead. Right, right. So, so going back to, to George Bush and, and Dick Cheney um, way of how they did things then, um, as I said before, I thought the decision was extremely correct, even though it was a bad move to fight towards at the same time. But a whole lot of benefits came out of it because of sending that signal to the world that if you mess with us, we are coming after you. That's right. And... We see that got diluted here back in Trump's time, and that's a problem. America was being weak at the at, at Trump's administration. The world was watching. They recognized we had an inter, uh, interaction, and then if America is in a position where they can't manage their own affairs, who are they then to tell us how to manage ours? That's right. right. How- how right. can I send a message effectively to the Taliban and say do this and do that when we got people storming Congress over an election? That's right. Insurrection. And That's right. Yep. So people were injured and all these kind of things. This is like, that was like a third world rebellion against the incoming government. And that was a problem. When you do these things, the world that look up to you as a nation of integrity and authority that establish a light of what democracy should be all about and you you turn against it and do the total opposite. How can we tell a nation to do much better? And many nations around the world and all of the United States allies at the management of Donald Trump have viewed America as a place who would have lost its way and run off, and run off the run off a track. That's right. That's right. With the election and of Trump. Yep. 
Yep. Exactly. Absolutely. So, so terrorists are going to think, well, hey, you know what? America is in shambles now. <laughs> Let me get our act straight. Let's get right. back to and do things. Right, they're so vulnerable. They're weak. Yes. And misery was going on in Trump years. Terrorists, they ain't going to talk. They're intelligent people. They are planning. They're and watching. Is planning and they're watching and they're right. planning right. to strike at America again. And this is all because of a president who thought he was a king, who had no regard for a democratic society. Mm-hmm. He only see himself. Well, clearly, I mean, it, it, like I said, he was making backdoor deals with the Taliban. There's a lot of Americans who are, are unaware or un or misinformed that this was happening that your president was standing up there making deals on beyond to you on beyond to a lot of people on beyond to the to America um mm-hmm. deals with the Taliban so clearly um uh, you feel that you are a king to make those type of deals um right. on on your own thought processes now, now, now you're talking about a war that's been going on for how many presidents now have seen and dealt with this situation, and you are going to just single-handedly make a deal? That speaks right. volumes, and not many people are paying attention to that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, think about it. Really, right. really think at the atmosphere right. during the President Trump uh, presidency. He loved dictators. That's right. He loved Putin. Right. He represents Putin. Right. He and it, 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 would tickle, it would tickle his fancy to sit and have these type of conversations with these type right. of people. You're right. right. Yeah. So, so when, when, you st- when you find a leader is hanging close to dictatorship and showing up dictator traits in his administration, I want to rule by governance in that kind of way. Well, that's the guy that that kind of world like and enjoy. Of course, he's going to negotiate with the Taliban. Why, why not? This, this is what he loves. He, he, he thought he's doing something good because he wanted to withdraw from Afghanistan. But how could you really effectively negotiate with a system that is so shady? Right. And you, it, it, you, you just can't. It's a it's a delicate decision, and I think that people need to understand is that Trump made this decision um, based on his own recognizance. I I really feel like it's a decision that should have been thought about and talked about for years now. It shouldn't have just been a single handed type of split second type of decision type of deal. And and that's what he that's the decision he made, and those are the crumbs that he left for the current president um, Joe Biden to deal with, and he had to deal with the fact of, okay, what do I do now? What do I go from here? I got to make, you know, this gourmet dinner out of crumbs that were left for me. I got to figure out how to uphold the word of, of America to protect the, the interest of America um, to make sure we remain destitute of our word, okay? What? Because that's what we, he's trying to gain back what was lost in the world. What was was our word? Okay, so there's a lot of criticism going back and forth, and and you know I just I'm I'm glad that you're able to kind of en- endure with me this breakdown of mm-hmm. really dissecting 
um, the decision that was faced by Biden. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, you could take a little bit further, and this is not to bash Trump in any way, but think about it. Afghanistan government was only as strong as the strongest link, and that link was the United States military. They wasn't standing on their own. They looked correct because the military was there, and and they looked strong because the U.S. military was there. But how could you really actually and effectively negotiate with them something that, as soon as you know, the United States government pull out or the military pull out, that everything going right back down to where it lies. That's right. You know, so nothing, it, it, nothing never really happened. You know, it was a waste of time. You get Bin Laden, you get who you need, well, hey, get out. Just get out. Um, it's hard to put it that way. It sounds a little bit harsh. But I don't see it any better. I don't see it trying to sacrifice any more American lives up there. That's right. That's right. And because of this. Or resources, <laughs> lives, precious lives and resources. You know, that that's what we have to really look at, the totality of what it means to go to war. You know, I mean, thank God we, we have, you know, some of the most bravest um, servicemen in the history of the world. And that they're willing to put their life on the line for America. Mm-hmm. But how much was really sacrificed? How much was really given? And that's the, that's what Joe Biden was faced with, and that's why right. he had a tough decision. He had a tough decision to decide. Like I'm not gonna. And, and I believe he did. He made the best decision, and still making the best decision. That's right. Uh, he cannot solve Middle problems. He can't solve Afghanistan problems. Trump tried to solve solve Palestinian and Israeli. Um, government problems, it's not going to hold out. It's going to go right back down to the same thing all over again. This is how it goes. It, you can't do anything with it. This this kind of Mideastern world, that that battle or those battles are not of the natural nature. That's right. And it goes and far beyond the scope of what America can change or fix. Exactly. Exactly. Two different worlds. Absolutely. Absolute two different worlds. We're, we're going to listen in um, very quickly uh, to a soundbite of our president, Joe Biden, and him addressing um, the current situation. So yeah. earlier I played a soundbite from George W. Bush and the start and initiation of this war 20 years ago, back on September, a little bit in September 2001. And now we're going to listen to our current president, Joe Biden, make remarks um December, uh, excuse me, September 2nd, 2021. So it's just, (laughs) it's crazy when you look at the timeline. (laughs) But uh, yeah, let's let's take a listen. Okay, sure. There are those who would say we should have stayed indefinitely for years on end. They ask, why don't we just keep doing what we were doing? Why do we have to change anything? The fact is, everything had changed. My predecessor had made a deal with the Taliban. When I came into office, we faced a deadline, May 1. The Taliban onslaught was coming. We faced one of two choices. Follow the agreement of the previous administration and extend it to have, or extend, to have more time for people to get out. Or send in thousands of more troops and escalate the war. To those asking for a third decade of war in Afghanistan, I ask, 
what is the vital national interest? In my view, we only have one. To make sure Afghanistan can never be used again to launch an attack on our homeland. Remember why we went to Afghanistan in the first place? Because we were attacked by Osama bin Laden and al-Qaeda on September 11th, 2001. And they were based in Afghanistan. We delivered justice to bin Laden on May 2nd, 2011, over a decade ago. Al-Qaeda was decimated. I respectfully suggest you ask yourself this question. We've been attacked on September 11, 2001, from Yemen instead of Afghanistan. Would we have ever gone to war in Afghanistan? Even though the Taliban controlled Afghanistan in the year 2001? I believe the honest answer is no. That's because we had no vital interest in Afghanistan other than to prevent an attack on America's homeland and their fr our friends. And that's true today. We succeeded in what we set out to do in Afghanistan over a decade ago. Then we stayed for another decade. It was time to end this war. This is a new world. The terror threat has metastasized across the world well beyond Afghanistan. We face threats from al-Shabaab in Somalia, al-Qaeda affiliates in Syria and the Arabian Peninsula, and ISIS attempting to create a caliphate in Syria and Iraq and establishing affiliates across Africa and Asia. The fundamental obligation of a president, in my opinion, is to defend and protect America, not against threats of 2001 but against the threats of 2021 and tomorrow. That is the guiding principle behind my decisions about Afghanistan. I simply do not believe that the safety and security of America is enhanced by continuing to deploy thousands of American troops and spending billions of dollars a year in Afghanistan. But I also know that the threat from terrorism continues in its pernicious and evil nature. But it's changed. Expand it to other countries. Our strategy has to change, too. We will maintain the fight against terrorism in Afghanistan and other countries. We just don't need to fight a ground war to do it. We have what's called over-the-horizon capabilities, which means we can strike terrorists and targets without American boots on the ground very few if needed. We've shown that capacity just in the last week. We struck ISIS-K remotely, days after they murdered 13 of our service members and dozens of innocent Afghans. And to ISIS-K, we are not done with you yet. So we're going to pause that real quickly because I'm going to go back. <laughs> we're not done with you yet. I love Biden. Um, we're going to go back um, just to kind of reiterate on some of the, the key points uh, that he was talking about. And as you spoke about, the time has changed. You're talking yeah. from 2001 um, to 2021. 
to 2021. And the, the, the interest needs of America has changed. Um, the people has changed. Our needs have changed. Um, our intelligence have changed. And he, he made these vital points that I yeah. wanted to reiterate. And it kind of goes back on what you said. So the way we work and the way we defend America must change. We cannot continue to do with the same inclination of back in 2000 and, uh, 2001 that was put by Bush because we're dealing with 2021. Yeah. And the fact that he also, let me, the, the second point that he said, we succeeded back in 2011 um, exactly. over a decade ago with the mm-hmm. mission. We already carried out that mission. Okay. Right. Why was we still there? And it just goes back to what we were talking about. A lot of critics are so quick to try to argue, you know, he just pulled out into the It's like, no, the, the, the job of the commander-in-chief, the job yeah. of a leader, of a true leader, okay, is not to make a decision based on the status quo, to not right. to make a decision based on fear, to not to make a decision that is, is most popular, but to make a decision based on the best interest of America in preserving, protecting, defending what is the, in the interest of America. Yes. And I think that's what Biden did. With my heart and my soul, I believe he acted as a leader is supposed to look. He's supposed to make an assessment, not based on what the other side is saying, not based on what Hokey Pokey is saying, but what he has in front of him, and that was, what is the threat? Like he said, I, I want to ask you, what is the threat today that we're facing that would de- demean that that would demand us to stay there? What is the sacrifice? And when we ask ourselves that, I don't care what your party affiliation. I don't care if you're, right. you know, a public policy major, or a public administration person. I'm talking about a reasonable, prudent person. I'm talking to every American out there. Mm-hmm. Ask yourselves, we must ask ourselves, what is the threat of us leaving versus the sacrifice of us mm-hmm. sending? Correct. And, you know, you know, he made he made a very valid point. Biden made a very valid point. We are living in a time where we don't need too many boots on the ground. We, don't, right. we don't really need soldiers anymore to really fight our wars. That's right. Those were the old Asian wars. Today, That's right. That's right. Wars can be fought scientifically. And we, <laughs> America is That's so right. advanced in technology, they can stay right here at home That's right. and get the job done. That's right. That's <laughs> right. right. And, 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 and that goes to speak to the advancement of 20 years. 20 mm-hmm. years have gone by. We have to remind ourselves, 20, that's 20 yes. years of new innovations and new that's- information and new allies and, and more credentials. And it, it, things evolve in 20 years. That that's correct. That's correct. <laughs> okay. That that's correct. And I I think too. And that's good. I'll tell you what I think is a very good thing. I know that this that America had a lot of heroes who died in sweat and fought for the preservation of this nation. That's right. Even though it was for for most political ideologies and philosophies, but they do what they had to do to protect the integrity of the nation. That's right. That is a good thing. But I believe that this is a time where. That old system got to be eradicated, like drafting your kids into the, the military, 
Let that be a choice on their own. I mean, think really think about it. I've listened to Obama spoke pertaining to the military, and he said this. We are more advanced now than ever, and that was an Obama time. We don't need to have so many soldiers going to war. That's right. Boots on the ground, right? right? That's right. This, Obama said that. That's right. And that was back in and, twenty. And, that was back in uh, two thousand and eight. Exactly. Right. You know? right. So as you got technology, you got advancement. Use it. Use it. Preserve, preserve the young women lives that they can spend time with their dads and the moms and, and live protect. to get married and get kids and raise kids and live a reasonable life. If you're going to join the military, just join the military as a reserve or if there's um, some disaster happens to the country, natural or man-made, that you can call out the military to assist in getting things done. But keep out the people country. I mean, as I said, Ron Paul Sr. said it. we got to stop policing the world. That's right. you got to stop it. That's right. It's costing America too much. That's right. We have to make an assessment. Yeah. There has to be an assessment. There always must be an assessment. And everything that we do and every decision that we make must come from a place of validating and assessing the current situation. I cannot make a decision for today based on 20 years ago. I have to do what's in today and 2021 going forward. I can't. It doesn't matter 20 years ago. That was 20 years ago. We, we have to be and, and, and we, we have to be proactive in everything that we're thinking about, not reactive. We're, we're basically still at a war based on, like you said, ideologies, and it was more of a reactive situation yes. with the same old assessments. Mm-hmm. That's like me telling you, you know, I, I'm, I'm telling you to go on a hike in these mountains and I'm giving you an old map that's outdated mm-hmm. 20 years ago. You're not going to get very far. Things change within 20 years. There's there's new, you know, um, there's going to be more trees and, and, and the geography is going to be different. And there's going to be, you know, <laughs> the range, everything's going to be different. There's probably not even rivers that was once there going to be gone. I can't give you a map. And, 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 <laughs> and believe it or not, the people are more intelligent now than then. That's right. The, 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 the Vietnam War... Up to this day, they still can't find a reason why they had a Vietnam War that made sense. And and many thousands of American soldiers would have lost their life. Not because of political, philosophical views. Mm-hmm. And ideologies. And I'm, yeah. glad that, I'm glad that the vision of Joe Biden sees beyond that. It can't be for a political or, or an ideological view anymore. The job is done. Over a decade ago, you got Bin Laden, you get um, Saddam Hussein as, for good measure, you get him also, and you get two of the worst evil people in the world. That's right. The job was done. Why are we still in Afghanistan? There's no reason to be there. Correct. Let Afghanistan deal with their own things and their own rules and regulations. That's right. That's right. And I and I and I think in a way that this war being there, we, we I feel like we overstayed our welcome, and perhaps we even enabled. Because if I if I know that you're gonna be around, and I don't need to fight my own battles because I got you know big bad America beside me, then I can kick up my heels and I can just be I can be complacent with what's happening, yeah. um, because I know that you're gonna be there, 
And I, I, I think that's something that we need to look at ourselves and, you know, when, and, and make those own self assessments of our, of ourselves, because I, I want to, yeah, I, I want to build you up to make you strong, but I want you to be able to stand and, and, and fight. I want you to be able to stand on your feet and, 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 and hang tough when the tough gets going, you know, not cut tail and run. So <laughs> if anything, we must learn from this that, you know, and, and I am so thankful that we do have a president um, in office. And I know there's a lot of critics or a lot of criticism flying around and a lot of people have their beliefs. But at the end of the, end of the day, I wanted leadership. And I remember having shows uh, during the Trump administration, and I was pleading, I was begging for leadership, for actual leadership, for somebody who has the experience, has the professionalism and the understanding of not just of himself, but of, of what is in the best interest of America and international policy, politics and policy. And somebody who has years, who've dedicated his life um, in the in the percent, in the interest in public service of America. And that's what we have. And that's what we have. And, and, I, and I, I can't be more proud of the decision that Biden made. And it, and it must have been the hardest decision ever because you have even people within your own party um, disagreeing, criticizing, pointing the finger, um, not really stepping back and taking a different look and a different approach of mm-hmm. what we're dealing with. And, you know... That's the definition of true leadership, when you can stand tall in the midst of adversity. Well, yes. I mean, you go a little bit uh, deeper than that. Not only you see Joe Biden as a president, but you have to view him also as a forefather of justice in the development of this nation. That's right. He has played a vital role in bringing this nation to a a place where we get to enjoy now. That's right. Obama would have made that clear. He's no guy to play with. Um, I, I, can remember, I can remember Obama said at one time um, that Joe Biden's not the guy to mess with. <laughs> That's but right. he, he, he's a man of integrity. That's right. And he wants Humility. to see the best. That's right. and, and he said he wants to restore the soul of America. Of America. That's right. But I, must, I would like to caution on this one fact. The harmony and peace that he's looking for bring Republicans and Democrats together right. is not going to happen. Don't look for it. Don't wish for it. The <laughs> Republican is on a mission to destroy the integrity of democracy right. and is destroy the 1964 Bill of Rights Act. That's right. Voting. Destroy the road versus way that protect Planned Parenthood and the young people who have gynecological uh, problems to get assistance. They're trying to step us backwards. We've come so far. We've come so far to take these types of steps backwards. You're absolutely right. Yeah. They're turning everything backwards. And and they they want to reinvent the wheel and, and go back to the old Jim Crow years where minorities have no say in the country. They want to rob the voting rights. That's right. These are things that are going on. So how, why would I be the president of the United States want to bring these people together that on one side they're looking to destroy the integrity of the nation. So all those other countries who used to look up to America for good democratic policies and structures turn a blind eye now simply because they can't believe in America anymore because of what the Republicans are doing. 
Right. It, 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 it just doesn't make sense. It's unfathomable. So I, <laughs> I, I, exactly. So I just believe that Joe Biden got to look straight, stay focused. Yeah. With, uh, he got he got basically the power in his hands. Do what you need to do now mm-hmm. so that you can preserve a larger power to get in and let's turn in the next election. Because the Republicans doing whatever they can, the legal yeah. or illegal or dirty, however you want it, they're going by the dirtiest way to do it in the game, to get back in and to run and to leave. And these things can happen easily. Well, is that, no, well, we have to ask ourselves, I mean, how for the people, where are they when you're trying to take away people's rights? You have to think about that self to yourself. How for the people, I don't care what it is or what party affiliation you claim, it, it doesn't even matter. At the end of the day, you have to be what be for and to stand for the people. If you're trying to take away from the people, whether it's their voice, whether it's their rights, whether it's their health care, whether it's their you know right to choose or to marry, whether it, whatever the situation is, you're not being for the people. Well, well, you know, you know, the, the Abraham Lincoln once said, "A house divided can't stand." Right, and even the Bible said, "A nation divided, I know, a house divided can't stand, but also a nation divided can't stand either." We got, we got, America's divided. The last election has yeah. clearly that America is divided, and those who are on the right, they're full of hate and bigotry, and whatever the Republicans play along with, they're going to go with because. That fulfills the ego, and they think they run things and do things. Uh, I mean, the insurrection is a classic example to show you how divided America is. I can't remember of any time when that actually happened. And I mean, mean, it's dangerous, Moni. It's it's dangerous. I mean, people so busy working and trying to make a living for themselves, they can't recognize what's really going on around them. But the political hemisphere is so full of darkness, and and they, they're thriving on the whole concept of win at any cost. Right. Whether you've got light to win, right. whether you've got to... Which co- completely compromises the integrity of our democracy. Exactly. But these are people who say they love America, and the, those are the, 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 the founding fabrics of America, is democracy. So if you're compromising... The integrity of our democracy. How can you, in the same breath, say that you're for the best interest or for the interest of America? It's it's the biggest contradiction ever. You know, when you when you break it down like that, it's like what in the world? And people are buying it. People yeah, are buying uh, it. I mean, I mean, it's funny too. Um, when when a place becomes filled with hate, no one cares about democracy or the destruction of democracy. But that what he stands for. It don't stand for anything that resembles justice. It stands for destruction. And hate. Yeah. And, and that's the reality. We have half of this nation who probably lies dormant now because the election is all over. But we see the protesting and the chaos and the rampage that Republicans went on when they actually believed a lie that Trump won the election and he didn't want to give it up. He preferred to get in and rule a next year to fulfill his ego, and if he did, 
I'm telling you. You know what I was- honestly believe? I believe while all this desertion was happening here in America, um, the, the the insurrection, you know, the 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 division, Trump and his you know whole shenanigans and everything that was happening, I feel like we were blindsided by what was happening in these places of the world where terrorists breeds. Yes. Um, I feel like while this was happening, they were planning. And that's what I feel. I feel that it was it was a vulnerable moment for us where it opened up the thought processes for all these terrorists to, to kind of plot and plan and strategize. And they used that time during our time of desertion because it was it was kind of crazy. I mean, I was a little con- I was re- I, w- I was really scared. I, I, I was a, <laughs> I was very scared the last uh, four years. Okay, of of what was happening in America and how this looked like a a, a circus, a, that, a circus that, show. <laughs> yeah, that that made two of two of us because I I listened to Trump one time say to the police, "No, where are you pushing them in the paddy wagon? Stop putting your hands on their head. Just throw them in." And I saw a female male cop started to smile. No, he was in he was engaged solely. And obviously that that refers to black people. Of course. I mean, that, that refers to black people. No respect, no gratitude. He don't care what we do as long as they're minorities and he prove it, call black countries, shithole countries. I mean, everything they do indicate and employed a racist. It, there's no way to polish it. There's no way to sugarcoat it. He is a racist, and I will warn it. I will warn this case too, and I hope to God that black folks come to understand one thing: it doesn't mind. It doesn't. It doesn't matter how advanced America came. We're gonna always have a few black people who is going to stay steadfast with the slave mentality and allow the racism to thrive. And, and for a long this country. And this is not going to be at the normal level that you are, you and I are at. It's going to be at the highest level and order in our system. That's how it's going to play out. And we see this played from the Senate, the Congress, down to the police forces. They do their harm, they get away with it. And the only way, reason why George Floyd would have get his day is because it was on open camera. But this kind of callous, indifferent behavior is still going on today in the forces. That's right. And 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 they're getting away with it still. But I I I really thank you so much, um, Errol. That that kind of closes out our show. But I I thank you so much for your input, um, speaking with us today and kind of discussing you know the the tough decision that was made by Biden. Um, yeah. And I, I look forward to having you on future shows and, and future endeavors. And um, thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you for having me, Monique. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thank you all for tuning in to Up Close with Monique McNeil. Um, stay tuned for another show. And um, I wish you all well. Take care. <laughs>